You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast, the number one publication and resource for the Internet of Things. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and on today's episode, we have Dan Mathers, the president and CEO of 11X. Uh, they are a global leader in providing wireless, high-performance IoT and smart city solutions for intelligent cities, campuses, enterprises, you name it, by offering complete device-to-cloud LoRaWAN solutions. Um, we talk a lot about smart cities in this conversation, talk about the big key drivers for smart cities, flagship use cases smart parking, kind of give you a little hint into uh, what one of those flagship use cases is, uh, how to get started, um, and kind of why the best approach may be more of a modular type approach, um, and then the musts a company uh, should have when developing IoT solutions. And we round out the conversation talking about just general challenges that we're seeing in the space. Um, we kind of try and tend to do that with a lot of different guests, mainly to show different perspective on the challenges uh, associated with IoT, how to overcome them, and provide you all with the best advice for adopting IoT and getting it into your business and into the, the uh, business of your clients. Uh, um, but all in all, fantastic conversation with Dan. I really hope you get a lot of value out of it. But before we get started, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market but don't know where to start, check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white-label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Dan, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being here this week. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, let's go ahead and kick this off by having you give a quick introduction about yourself to our audience. Sure. Uh, I'm Dan Mathers. I'm president and CEO of a company called 11X. We're a company that enables smart communities through intelligent digital solutions and uh, really focused on driving value in the uh, smart parking space. Fantastic. And um, aside from smart parking, what other kind of areas do you play in in the more of the community smart cities area or, or smart parking kind of the, the main focus right now? Uh, the main focus for us right now is in uh, smart parking or performance okay. parking uh, sure. because we think that delivers the uh, biggest value uh, bang for the buck. But uh, we also have a number of other solutions in sure. the uh, smart water metering and uh, smart building space. So smart parking is obviously something that plays very heavily into kind of the, the smart cities conversation and seems to be a, a pretty popular use case that cities can easily deploy or, or more easily deploy, I guess, than others. Um, tell me why you think or, or why you all have chosen to kind of focus so much on the smart parking uh, uh, side of things. Well, if you look at the definition of a smart city, it's yeah. really uh, pretty consistent across the board. You know, we want to optimize operational efficiencies. We want to improve the quality of life for residents and visitors. We want to enable, encourage, and support local economic development. Mm -hmm. And we want to meet our sustainability and environmental goals. Uh, and, you know, this is an absolutely huge market, obviously. Smart parking is one of the areas that actually uh, touches all four of those objectives and drives additional revenues for cities. And so that makes it very powerful. And you know, our view is that uh, smart parking can and should be the flagship smart uh, city project that, project that municipalities uh, focus on and implement. Uh, the benefits are just staggeringly huge. And when you mentioned those four kind of key drivers and, and areas of, of focus, can you break those down a little bit further and talk about kind of the importance of them and, and how you how those kind of fit in with the with the whole narrative? Yeah, absolutely. So here's here's the problem. Like today's 
parking management approaches don't work, right? They've got, you know, a lot of people going around uh, trying to, you know, ticket people and, and not really understanding the full, uh, you know, cause of the, the problems that they're having with, uh, or the, the problems that parking is causing for them. So if you think about it, when you come to a city, the first experience that most people have with that city is the parking experience. And that's a brand issue. Right. Oh, sure. man, I don't want to go downtown because yeah. parking sucks. Um, finding a parking spot and traffic congestion reduces interest in coming downtown uh, mm -hmm. and it reduces revenues for the city and businesses. In fact, there are a lot of parking studies that have been done uh, that have shown that uh, 15 to 20 percent of people who go to some communities to spend money turn around, and go home because they can't find parking. Um, another thing is just the traffic, 85% stall occupancy. Remember that number. When you hit 85% parking stall occupancy in a downtown core, there's gridlock. Um, and so what people do is they try and build new parking structures and parking garages, but because of the inefficiency of their existing parking, because uh, many times there's more than enough parking a couple of blocks over, uh, people right. just don't know about it, um, they end up building over capacity of expensive mm. parking garages, which is $45,000 a stall uh, for those Jeez. parking garages. And on top of that, enforcement's really inefficient and results in uh, lost revenue for cities. Uh, in the U.S., we can no longer uh, chalk uh, tires. Uh, in Canada, we can still do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, so what ends up happening is uh, people are unable to really catch those who are uh, not paying for uh, parking. And this leads to a whole bunch of lost opportunities. A couple of quick facts for you. 30% sure. of downtown traffic is from parking cruisers. There have been studies that have shown it's, you know, 15% studies that have shown that it's higher, but you know, 30% is, uh, is a pretty good number for that. It's still a very big number, no matter whether, you know, it's 15, 30%. Um, and that's really people looking for parking globally. This translates to 430,000 metric tons of CO2 emissions per day globally. Um, safety, one in five traffic accidents occur in or around a parking lot. Um, more than 30% of people don't pay. Some studies say as high as 50% and only 5% of people get ticketed. Uh, and, you know, there's been studies that have shown that $190 billion is lost per year due to traffic congestion in the U.S. So when you kind of look at that problem, that's the problem that we're trying to solve. And that's just the the ultimate uh, smart city use case. If you can fix those problems for for cities, you're just creating a whole bunch of social and economic good. And and with all those kind of um, in metrics and data that you have, that kind of really paints a solid picture for this. When you talk to municipalities and 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 cities about this kind of solution, what's the response usually like? Or I guess, do you get pushback? How are those conversations handled? Like, what do you kind of run into in those conversations? Or is it a pretty easy sell for most of these these uh, cities? Well, cities like any customer and any group of people um, have unique personalities. They have unique ways sure. of doing things. They have different problems than maybe their, their neighbor. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at 
the smart city movement, which has been really gaining momentum over the last couple of years, we've noticed more and more forward thinking cities are thinking about parking as, uh, you know, one of the major things and traffic congestion and revenue generation, uh, this mm -hmm. whole space being one of the main things that, uh, that they want to focus on uh, because the benefits are so good, uh, right. not only from driving additional revenues, but, you know, even things like, you know, if you think about, uh, uh, let's just take that one example sure. of 30% uh, of, um, you know, people don't pay. Uh, and, and again, that can go up to 50%, only 5% of people get tickets. So what happens is you do the calculus and you go, ah, I can kind of park here for, you know, 10 times before I get a ticket and not pay. Right. Uh, and that means that, you know, there have been a bunch of other studies that have shown that cities really do need to charge for parking because anything that's free gets abused and again, mm. creates traffic uh, congestion. So what you want to do is make sure that you, uh, you know, are able to maintain compliance. And that is by basically, you know, one of the products that we provide is understanding uh, who's in the stall, understanding how long they've been there, understanding their payment status, and then sending uh, you know, notice to the bylaw officer mm. uh, to go around and write tickets. Uh, we create heat maps. We have omni-channel communication like texts and, and, and emails to the bylaw officer to make, and then route optimization to make sure that, you know, if you don't pay, you get caught. And uh, that helps cities maintain compliance. Uh, the other big thing that cities are looking at as they start to realize more and more about uh, uh, what causes traffic congestion and, and, and how to better attract people to their downtown core uh, to spend money. Uh, and uh, what, they're, what they're realizing is that if you can, uh, first of all, understand your parking situation what's your occupancy what's your turnover etc second of all uh, make sure that you have navigation and wayfinding through apps and uh and um uh, digital signage to get to the uh parking stall most efficiently third mm -hmm. of all targeted compliance, uh, you know, data-driven uh, enforcement and compliance uh, to make sure that if you don't pay, you get a ticket. Right. Uh, and all sorts of other value-added features like reservation systems. And, you know, really, this can create an overall frictionless parking experience. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very beneficial in terms of all those smart city objectives that we gotcha. uh, we described. And, and that, in fact, is our vision. Uh, being the leader in the frictionless digital parking mm. uh, space. And and this may be, you can kind of pull this out to be a little bit broad here, but when you're talking to the these cities about getting started, what advice do you have for cities looking to adopt this kind of solution? And in general, just IoT solutions in, uh, across the board, are there kind of any um, commonalities between the approach in which and, and you suggest they, they adopt as opposed to kind of maybe doing everything all at once or, or, or helping um, suppress any of the hesitation they may have? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, look, you know, all sizes of municipalities from large to small can benefit from IoT solutions and from smart parking. You know, provided they implement a solution that is fully scalable, 
uh, as they grow and as their requirements grow. Um, you know, again, talking about parking, this has benefits in terms of implementing and enforcing effective policy. And as I mentioned, reducing traffic congestion, et cetera. Um, so what you wanna do is you don't wanna, you know, spend the next 10 years designing the be all and end all solution. Right. Number one, it'll be super expensive. Uh, number two, by the, you know, I've learned this early in my career uh, working for large companies. Uh, you know, by the time you uh, finish the system design, the world's changed and uh, you either have to <laughs> implement something that's out of date or you have to start all over. So, you know, the best approach is really a modular approach. Let's use parking as an sure. example, but yeah. all IoT solutions, you know, start yep. with the sensor. Um, right. That data goes from the sensor up to the cloud or it's hardwired. You know, our opinion is to deliver real ROI, uh, particularly in parking, you need a wireless sensor that communicates wirelessly to the cloud. Uh, then what you need is uh, to get that data from the cloud into application software. And there are many, many use cases that uh, can, can be driven. Uh, I mentioned three of them business intelligence, right? What now? What's the turnover, dwell time, et cetera, on stalls, uh, navigation and wayfinding to direct people into the nearest, most efficient parking stall, uh, the, uh, the direct data-driven enforcement and compliance. But if you think a little bit further, we talked about reservation systems, being able to reserve spots. We talked about, um, uh, we haven't talked yet about this, but monetizing the curb so that cities okay. can monetize the curb for all these service providers. Uh, and uh, beyond that, dynamic pricing. So changing the pricing on certain streets has been proven to not only uh, balance occupancy, so you always stay under that 85%, but also drive additional uh, uh, revenues, even though overall the average pricing goes down. So what I'm trying to paint a picture here of is, you know, it starts with really, really accurate, uh, low cost stall occupancy. And the amount of things you can do from that are, you know, 10, 15 different application area use cases that we've identified. Right. And, but you don't want to start with all 15 all at once. <laughs> you want to basically start with those applications that are unique to your city. And almost every city has, you know, a, a need for the business intelligence, a need for the uh, navigation and wayfinding through digital signage and apps, and uh, also the uh, data-driven uh, enforcement and compliance. Um, you know, by the way, you know, the, so the first one really gives you a picture of where you're at. The second one gives you a picture of, uh, or helps you manage your traffic congestion. And the mm -hmm. third one drives revenue. We've shown that through uh, data-driven enforcement and compliance, that uh, our entire IoT system gets paid for in under a year. Uh, now our sensors themselves, which we use, they're the only ones that are patented and uh, go beneath the surface of the pavement uh, covered with epoxy um, right. uh, and with 99.6% accuracy and 10 years battery life. So we get an extra nine years of benefit after it's paid for itself. So the ROI is just, uh, just off the charts. So what you want to do is you want to start small. You mm -hmm. want to uh, have a modular approach. Um, our recommendation is that you work for the core system, work with a uh, provider that does the sensor and the connectivity and the uh, 
application software. And that's really so that you can make sure that, you know, it's a bulletproof, always works system. Mm, you know, some, uh, there's a lot of vendors out there that provide different pieces, but if it's all provided by one vendor, uh, there's a lot of benefits. Um, add use cases as you go along add new areas of the city that you want to uh, have uh, added right. to you know, smart parking, um, right. add these features. And that's the best way to do it, whether you're a small city or whether you're a large city. And, and you know, I'm, I'm talking about parking as an example, yeah. but that applies really across the board. You know, there are so yeah. many application areas. Right. Don't right. try and do everything all at once. Pick where the biggest bang for the buck is and uh, focus on that. Yeah, I was going to jump in and kind of say this, say, uh, kind of tie onto that, and that it's not just a smart parking approach. It's for almost all IoT solutions, even outside of smart cities, just that modular approach and starting small, proving out ROI, making sure things are working correctly, and then building on top of that from there usually increases the likelihood of success. Um, and one thing I wanted to ask you is when you're, when we're kind of thinking about this now at a higher level as opposed to just smart parking, just smart cities. What do you think are the biggest musts or the most important things for a company to consider when developing a solution? We're talking about obviously ROI, we've mentioned scalability, et cetera. Where would you say the kind of the, the, the main and the most important things lie there? For the, the uh, supplier or the customer? Um, it, it could probably, you could take it from either side. I think, um, Maybe we talk about it from more of the the customer side, just what they need to be looking for um, when they're de when they're adopting an IoT solution, and and like obviously in matching up the ROI needs to be important. The company they work with and their skill set and expertise is important, but just what are your thoughts there? Yeah, oh, that's great. So the, this generally falls into the bucket of. Um, the entire kind of class of innovation budget. So there's a lot of cities out there that actually have, uh, you know, had a lot of luck uh, implementing and piloting these solutions hmm. based on having an innovation budget. So, sure. you know, if you think about it, you know, they've got a lot of vendors coming to them and going, hey, you know, if you give me $10 million, I'll make you smart with no real proof points that right. they're going to be that much better off. Um, however, uh, if you can start small with an innovation budget, many cities can do projects up to $100,000 uh, to try out different technologies on a pilot basis. So that's been something that's been very successful for the, the cities that, that we've looked at. The other thing is, you know, um, you can go as a city and you can go and do uh you know the search you know you can say hey i have this problem and i want to go and find a problem but there's a lot of consultants out there that specialize mm -hmm. in this area and parking for example there's a number of parking consultants um but there's consultants in the water metering space and the smart building space and you know what a consultant does for you is they're a subject matter expert right. um they're you know understand the big picture and your bigger transportation picture in in the case of parking providing a broad cross-sector experience because you know if you've got water metering residential water metering it's also been there's water metering for industry and there's a lot etc sure. um you know knowing the latest in the technology 
um, saving really money in the long run, and then being a trusted partner as kind of the program evolves. So not a, not to say that you know I'm not uh, uh, advertising uh, consultants, uh, uh, you know, services, but uh, right. it's a good thing to do to have somebody with subject matter expertise in For the sure. area working yeah. with you. Second of all, uh, or sorry, third of all, um, once you've got kind of your problem identified and you've got a little bit of consulting advice uh, and you've done a, a pilot uh, or two, um, then I think you want to make sure that you understand the scalability of the solution. You know, as a small to medium-sized city, you don't want the big ginormous uh, uh, project that, that and, and vendor that doesn't scale down to your size of the uh, city. Uh, and at, by the same token, you know, if you're starting with a smaller implementation in your smaller city, you, you want to make sure you get something that's scalable to large, uh, Im, uh, large uh, implementations, particularly if you're a growing city mm. or a larger city. You know, Definitely. a lot of these uh, cities like, uh, you know, that have a large tourist uh influx in the summer you know this what the city looks like in the summer is completely different from what the city looks like sure. in the in the winter from a lot sure. of different angles or vice versa you know if you're a large if you're a ski town or or whatever and so right. making sure that not only is your system appropriately scalable for your size of business but also that it will provide value through all the cycles that you go through through the year so there's a lot to think about um, but really, uh, you know, you, you, you've got social ROI and you've got financial ROI and the best city solutions that you can possibly pick deliver on both. Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, before we wrap up here, I wanted to ask you two, two final questions. The first, um, we've talked a lot about kind of the must that companies or I guess adopters need to be thinking about when they're adopting IT solutions. We talked a ton about smart parking and municipalities and cities and kind of how overall that whole approach. But in terms of the IoT market in general, what challenges are you seeing are some of the bigger challenges that as an industry we're either in the midst of struggle or um, working through or we are need we need to kind of be be kind of uh, working to get over that hump um, to help adoption increase to help um, the development of solutions become uh, more easy what, what do you see as some of the leading challenges in the space right now yeah great question ryan uh, you know the over the last couple of years, the industry has gone from a transportation like, uh, through a transition like most industries, right? Like I was an early wi in Wi-Fi guy in the industry and back in the early days, nothing worked with anything. And, you know, there were reliability issues pretty well with every part of the, the system. And if you go back, you know, five or 10 years in the IoT space and its nascent stages, um, that was that was an issue. That's largely been sorted out now with technologies, connectivity technology technologies like LoRaWAN and the industry uh, maturing and settling on LoRaWAN as, as the unlicensed, um, uh, uh, you know, de facto standard for uh, mm -hmm. LPWAN type applications. Right. Um, you know, so initially there was this Wild West phase in terms of, you know, a bunch of standards and, you know, a variety of technologies sure. being tried, people doing their own proprietary thing. That's largely stabilized, as I said. Um, so now you've got the main problems of how scalable is that sensor that mm -hmm. you're using? Because, you know, we call it the DNA of IoT. Every uh, uh, 
IoT solution has a device, has network connectivity, and has application uh, software, right. Right? right? So the DNA of IoT. So how scalable is the sensor? How scalable mm -hmm. is the software platform? What right. about the connectivity? Uh, you know, how sure. inexpensive sure. is it? Uh, right. How much power does your overall system consume? Because again, we're we're you know battery operated. We think that's going to be deliver the biggest value. But there's lots of applications that that can't be battery operated. You know, if you're doing high bandwidth video, um, you're going to need uh, power. So what's the overall system cost? What's the total cost of ownership? And what's been happening over time is the total cost of ownership has been going down and the benefit and the value has been going up and we've kind of crossed over that point for many of these applications including parking and so now it's really uh uh now it's a people it's really uh, as my co-founder says the internet of people that mm -hmm. is uh you know needs to be overcome because people you know have to change the way they're doing things based on these new technologies and remote sensing and so i, I think that uh it most recently has been something that i've noticed is a much bigger willingness for cities and, and the people who run them to uh, look at new technologies and adopt them um, one thing that we've uh, done uh, quite successfully is run peer-to-peer uh, uh, learning groups with various cities who've tried different technologies, whether they be our solution or other people, you know, other uh, types of solutions um, and to have give them the forum to be able to share with one another uh, their learnings, what worked, what didn't work. And that helps uh, really sure. accelerate uh, adoption within cities. So, you know, and the other thing, as I mentioned, focus on solving one problem at a time. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. I totally, totally agree. Um, so for audience out there who wants to learn more and kind of stay in touch, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So, uh, by any, by all means, reach out to uh, me, uh, personally, uh, Dan Mathers, uh, happy to have a conversation, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, or point you to any of the resources that I'm aware of that uh, could help you. Nice. And um, as we kind of look forward here for a bit, talk to me real quickly um, before we jump off on kind of 11X's vision for 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 the um, for IoT solutions going forward. Like, well, what's on the what's on the agenda? What should we be going to look out for? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to see a large shift in the market uh, towards uh, adoption of IoT solutions in general. Our smart parking solution, uh, we are now uh, selling that solution globally. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, have uh, more and more cities across North America and uh, Europe and, and the rest of the world adopt our technologies. If, if you look forward, uh, you know, in the kind of five, five to ten year time frame, uh, we expect to be adding uh, more application areas like residential water metering and uh, sure. uh, smart building, uh, ultimately becoming uh, the smart city uh, platform uh, for uh, cities. That's fantastic. Well, Dan, this has been a great conversation. I truly appreciate you taking the time. I, we've we've mentioned smart parking before, but we have not d d dove into it in this detail. And I think the story we're able to kind of tell and, and the picture you could paint for our audience as to the value this provides for cities, I think goes above and beyond anything our audience has probably heard from any of our guests. So this was a fantastic <laughs> conversation. I appreciate you kind of sharing your insights um, and we look forward to sharing this with our audience. 
Thanks a lot, Ryan. Uh, look forward to uh, talking in the future. Yeah, thank you. Thanks.